predict that word jounce. And we would like to welcome to the show NBC Sports Philadelphia reporter, writer, contributor, all-around good guy, Corey Seidman. Welcome to our nonsense, buddy. Thanks. I'm honored to be a part of this on uh, you know opening week of what's going to be the most exciting Philly season in close to a decade. I, it really is. Uh, I mean, you've you've seen that the two of us have basically lost our minds with everything happening with the Phillies. I mean, interest is ramped up. Has that affected what you're doing? I mean, opening day festivities that are insane aside, the interest is going to 10. I mean, hell yeah. Like, I look at, you know, I mean, if you look at the metrics, like, of the website, you know, all the stories, everything has so much more interest now, so many more eyeballs than it was a few short years ago when we were talking about Seth Hunter and Peter Borges and, you know, guys of that ilk. And... I mean, it just reinforced to me that this this fan base was a sleeping giant. You know, people looked at it last season and there was some concern that, you know, the Phillies first plays midway through the season and they still weren't selling ball, the ballpark out. But you just knew that as soon as they gave the fans a legitimate reason to believe that this team could contend, that they would come back out in droves. And they already have. I was talking to a guy today who um, was saying that he was looking at a Sunday season ticket plan about a month ago and he didn't pull the trigger and now he looked again and there's like nothing left, you know? So that kind of just gives you an idea of how crazy this fan base is over not just Bryce Harper, but, you know, the previous edition that they made this offseason. Because, you know, I, I don't know that without a Real Muto, without a McCutcheon and a Segura, even with Bryce Harper, I don't know that the Phillies would have been the NL East favorites, but with all those guys together, you know, they have as good a shot to win this division or to make it far in the playoffs as any team in the NL. Oh, no, they absolutely do it, and it adds up. And to what you were saying, Chris and I set up, we're going to have a tailgate on May 4th, our first one for the pod. And we went and looked uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're like, oh, there are tickets, no problem, it doesn't matter. And then we went the other day to look, and it's all sold out, so we're going to have to go to our own tailgate without tickets to the game. <laughs> Well, that's great. But you know what, man? You guys might still have a good time during the game if they don't kick you out too early. Cool that, <laughs> it but. sounds like you've been following Chris for Listen, a while. I've only been forcefully removed from Citizens Bank Park three times. <laughs> and none of those three times were my fault. For real. I'm it's, not even joking. It's never his fault, Corey. They never should have added that text line. The text security. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. And it censors me when Mets fans are in the park. Anyway. That's messed up. Corey, I have no up. idea why you agreed to come on the show. <laughs> So here, I, now, I mean, people needed some form of entertainment though during those like you know those really lean years where it was Aaron Harang and Jerome Williams on the mound. So I'm surprised that people would have texted security. That's kind of messed up. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not happy about that. It was rough. <laughs> so now you do uh, a very different podcast uh, than we do. And you are working with the esteemed Jim Salisbury, the Jim Jam, who we love and revere. <laughs> now, what what is it like working with Jim every day, you know, and, and being on the true inside of, of Phillies baseball now? 
it's pretty awesome. You know, I um, I really credit him not just as like a mentor, but he's one of my good friends too. He's just, he's a great guy, and it's it's a trip to be able to talk to him about baseball and kind of um, you know, discern and read between the lines of what he's saying. You know, he it's not like we not like he shares everything with me or shares even most of the stuff with me he's as respected and as good as of what he does because he's able to keep things so close to the vest and people trust him but it's just it's always cool kind of getting even more of an insight into what's going on behind the scenes and he really like believe me when i say that like uh, you know he knows 10 times more than he reports and that's kind of what you have to do if you want to be successful and long-lasting in this business like you look at guys like the Rosenthal's and um, you know like Jeff Passan and guys like that they're able to maintain those relationships because they don't you know they don't ever burn bridges they don't ever piss people off or you know lose trust that they have in these guys so you know I, it's, it's, it's really cool to just watch how he operates I mean he operates totally different than pretty much anybody else that I've observed like I also covered the Eagles for a little while and the way Jim does things is just totally different. I mean, he has a lot of that old school reporter in him. Like I remember toward the end of the Harper saga that we were talking on the phone one day. I think this was after maybe the second time that Middleton went out to Vegas and everybody in the city was starved for information because Middleton came back and there was no signing yet. And I just remember talking to Jim on the phone. He was down in Clearwater and he was like staking out the parking lot waiting for these guys to surface. And I just, I don't know too many modern reporters that do things like that that was just you know one of those little those little cool nuggets that shows how dedicated he is to doing what he does the Jim Jam the Jim Jam I, as you know I'm a huge fan of Jim and I've uh, oh, can, I've, dude, can, my, 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 real quick my favorite interaction of the offseason was when you told him to beat you to death for the pack of Italian hot dogs <laughs> 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 and I mean that was that uh, that like made its round through all of baseball Twitter that was just amazing oh man yeah I've convinced myself that Jim loves me and I won't hear anything else does he's a big fan he misses you on twitter man uh, i tried to i tried to get his attention uh recently when we were talking about the interview today but yeah people just need to understand if they're tweeting at our show account they're <laughs> probably going to chat to someone that's not me yeah yeah so here's a question for you uh now you started at philly's nation you were a blogger i mean chris was a blogger we all we all came from sort of the same fighting pit of philly's blogs at some point You've really made quite an ascent. What is it like now, completely on the other side from where you started? You made it to what you were fighting for. It's so interesting to watch. In my younger days, when I was writing about the Phillies, there were a lot of things that I did and wrote that I would never write now. You know, you kind of only kind of only realize and gain that through experience. Just like if you're going to be critical of a player, for example, there's a fair and there's an unfair way to do it, and. You know, all of our jobs is to kind of like evaluate and analyze what we see. So I try to always like keep it real. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna not criticize a player just because I want to maintain that relationship. You know, I sure. mean, it's important, but it's not. It's not. At the end of the day, you can't lie to the people that are reading your stuff. So I mean, what I think about it in retrospect, like when I first came up, say Ryan Howard was in a bad slump. Maybe I would use the word like like Ryan Howard stinks right now, or Ryan <laughs> Howard just can't do anything right right now. Whereas, you know, there's, there's a softer way to say it. There's a more fair way to say it. And I, I just think that's a little important because it's just like, you know, if someone was talking about you, if they were talking about, if they were evaluating you and they spoke in like super disrespectful terms, you would feel disrespected. And sure. these guys are human. You, you realize like being around athletes that they're just, they're just regular dudes who just make a whole lot more money than you. Like being around Bryce Harper, for example, 
You know, he's maybe an inch taller than me. He doesn't have this, like, super commanding presence. Like, he makes you feel comfortable when you're talking to him. It just feels like a conversation. And maybe some of that is that he's on his absolute best behavior. But I think some of that is also that he's just matured through his years in the majors, learned how to play the game, learned how to um, deal with the media. And he's just, like, he's just a very relaxed and comfortable guy. And that that does make a difference. Um, But going back to, you know, the question you asked, my ascent, um, I would have never dreamt like when I started writing at Phillies Nation that I'd be on the pre and post game shows like, <laughs> 10 years from then but it's kind of all just I, I, you know it's been some good fortune but it's also just you know I've, I've worked really hard and I, I watch so much fucking baseball it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's not it's not even it's like it's not even just the Phillies like I'm most nights I'm watching like five or six games at once throughout a night on multiple screens and sure. it's just kind of like the way I've always been and what I've found is that that's what's enabled me to kind of create my niche because I know what's going on all around the league with different teams, with different players. I'm up to I'm up to speed, not just like the trends of the Phillies, but around the league. And I think that's why I've been able to kind of succeed so far, knock on wood. Oh, no, I, I would absolutely agree. It's funny because I, I remember when you first popped up during during the pre and post game, I was like, wait, who's this guy? Yeah, I was like, I know him. Yeah, and then, you know, you got really deep with the facts and statistics and, and it's like, all right, no, he really brings a different level to this broadcast that they're usually not, you know, incorporating. So, no, I thoroughly enjoy what you've brought. Yeah, you know, the the tough thing with pre and post is that when they come to me, you know, I'm not talking about the main points usually. Like, usually it'll be Michael Barkan or Ricky Bowe or Ben Davis who are breaking down, okay, this is what Vince Velasquez did tonight, this is what Player X did, and then when they come to me, I have to add a new wrinkle. So sometimes that's tough because it's like I'm always – it's, it's never the A topics. It's always like the, the B topic or just expanding on the A topic. But what I just what I always try to do is watching a game, I, I notice something, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting or that's cool. And then just finding the right way to portray that information because there's so many people that are like shooting out opinions or, you know, just shooting out like recaps or play by plays. But if you're, I just, I've just found that if you're able to like add just a little bit of context to what just happened, to what people just saw, it can go a long way. That's kind of what I just try to always focus on when I'm when I'm watching a game. Oh no, and you de- you certainly do. Now you just mentioned one of your coworkers, and I have a question. Now look, it's just us talking. There's nobody listening to this. I promise. Is Ben Davis a Lego person? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that, man. No, Ben Davis. You know what I love about Ben is that, like, I have never met a more happy-go-lucky guy. Like, he does not, he does not take anything super seriously. You know, he takes everything in stride. He kind of just walks around life with this, this just like this silly demeanor. And maybe I don't know if that always, it probably doesn't come across all the time because, like, when he's on broadcast or whatever, he's just trying to, you know, be factual and stuff like that. But man, if you get couple beers in that guy he's just, he's a riot. <laughs> no and I think what's going to make a big difference this year is that the Phillies are going to be good and entertaining to watch yeah, and I I'm think, willing to put up with a lot more yeah. Ben Davis stuff that I don't necessarily like I mean he he stopped the most egregious one which was the after a, after a home run <laughs> nobody noticed he was doing it and I pointed it out and then everybody couldn't unhear it and then I was responsible for it so thank God he stopped but no I mean we're just kidding around we're, we're not gonna mess with your with your coworkers and friends but but no, no you know just what I, what, no, what I will say though is that like because I mean I, I, I see what everybody what people say sometimes and I watch a lot of baseball so when I'm watching a different game and I see a different announced booth you know inevitably you form opinions I would just like remind people and I'm sure you guys know this but when you're on the air live for like three or four hours straight, 
not every single thing you say is going to be correct. Not every single thing you say is going to, you know, reach the audience and, and be as impactful as you want it to. Or sometimes people are just going to disagree with you. It's just the nature of the beast. But that's the thing that I've really noticed with announcers around the league is that they they know how many hours they are like on air live throughout a season. I mean, you're talking about 150 times three. That's just an enormous number. So none of these guys really take any of that criticism to heart, and they shouldn't. You know, it's important to have thick skin when you're in that public of a position. Yeah, I mean, if if I were doing it, I would be way worse than that. <laughs> so I'd be run, I'd be run out of that broadcast booth in an hour. Yeah, please, I edit this. It would not be pretty. <laughs> we had this lunatic off season with so much bullshit being thrown against the wall at 100 miles an hour. How hard was it for you to keep up with things that you have to report on TV? Like, I know this is bullshit. I know this isn't true, but I have to say it anyway. It got really annoying, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I've never seen an offseason in any sport play out the way that this did. I think some of that is, has to do with how crazy Phillies fans are in a good way. But there was just so much, like, internet sleuthing that was going on, and some of it you could just tell immediately was just such bullshit. Like, I remember there was one, I can't remember where it came from, but, like, somebody was able to get into the HTML of Bryce Harper's player page on MLB.com, and they saw the word Phillies, <laughs> and, like, that meant that he was signing with the Philly. Like, just look, and the sad part is, is that it's an era where it doesn't seem like everybody knows how to discern real information from fake information. You know, it's yeah. like, I'll see it, I'll see all the time, there'll be, like, some random dude on Twitter who has, like, 70 followers who will, his entire timeline is, like, sources tell me this, sources tell me that. And it just, like, it clearly, you can clearly tell that the person is either just trolling or just doesn't understand, like, what it actually means when, a, like, when someone has sources. Like, it doesn't mean, like, oh, some random guy told me this or I overheard this. or So in that aspect, it got kind of annoying because... Occasionally, you know, your bosses will ask you to address stuff, and sometimes when you're asked to address something that you know is just like patently untrue, yeah. it's it's frustrating. But it just also goes along with the territory. I mean, I'd definitely rather be reporting and writing in a city like this than, quite frankly, like, have you heard anything out of San Diego since Manny Machado signed there? Not I mean, a I've thing. Heard, like two things. Not a thing. Yeah, you've heard like very little, and one of those things was Manny Machado putting his foot in his mouth where he said like, yeah, we're probably not going to win the division. I didn't even hear about that. I, I was on you the know, road. Being... I, I was in the road with one of my buddies who is a giant Padres fan when that happened, and he we were in an elevator, and he looked at me, and he's like, "Can you believe he said that?" And he's like, "He's like, they killed my buzz already. What the hell?" Yeah, I mean, he definitely didn't mean to say what he said, but I just mean that, like, you know, if he said that in Philly, that would be all over the place, whereas he says it in San Diego, and it, it, the story dies in, like, a day. I yeah, mean, this I, is I'd true. always rather be, I'd rather be in a place where the fan base is this passionate, and when people are this passionate and they get starved for information like they were during the Bryce Harper situation, you know, it makes sense that, you know, people would be kind of believing anything that they wanted to believe. Sure. So, uh, now, we all bring this back around to the 2019 Phillies, and how do you see this season going for the team? I mean, I think that they're going to win 90 games, give or take a few. Like, maybe they can get to 92, 93 if things go well. Maybe they'll fall a little short if they suffer key injuries. But this Phillies lineup has as much power, as much on-base skills it's as any team in the National League. Like, I, I mean, really, like, who around the NL can you say has this deep a lineup? You look at the Dodgers, they have kind of a weak 6-7-8, yeah. yep. uh, which, is, which is true with a lot of teams, whereas the Phillies 6-7-8 is going to be some form of 
Odubel, Cesar, and Michael Franco, who are three guys who were batting at the top of your order for the last few years. So, I mean, I just see so much power potential. I think that they're going to give their pitchers a lot more room to work with. Like, the, the, you know, the, if the Phillies are, uh, pl- uh, you know, playing on the road, I could see them giving their starting pitchers a 3 nothing lead a lot, and that's just going to make them more comfortable. And there are obviously, obviously some concerns and question marks at the back end of the rotation. Not sure what you're going to get out of Vince Velasquez or Zach Eflin. I do, like most of the uh, baseball world, think that Nick Cavetta is poised to make a big jump this year. Oh, yeah. uh, but, no, I think the Phillies are going to win 90-ish games. Now, what that means in the playoffs, who knows? We see every year that it's not always the best team that wins. The Red Sox last year were a different example of the best team actually winning. Um, but I think back to, like, 2007 when that Phillies team made the playoffs for the first time as that group, and they got swept by the Rockies, and you could just tell they weren't ready just yet. So it wouldn't shock me if the Phillies made the playoffs and suffered an early exit this year. But, I mean, I think they're going to be in contention all summer, and it's going to be just an exciting brand of baseball. I will take it. Yeah, geez, compared to what we've had. Well, Corey, man, we can't thank you enough. This was phenomenal having you on. And everybody, Corey Seidman, NBC Sports Philadelphia reporter, contributor, just about everything. Podcaster. (laughs) All of it. So, uh, Corey, in any of these scenarios that you find yourself in, have you managed to catch the fanatic in a compromising position, let's say? Have you seen it, Corey? No comment, guys. One thing we do need to talk about is Carlos Santana bashing the shit out of a TV because the kids were playing Fortnite. Dude, that shit is really funny. And I, it's, I'm split because I love video games, but I'm also old enough that I'd be like, man, fuck these yeah. kids. Well, Fortnite sucks. It does. Uh, it doesn't count. But I'm just saying gaming in general. Like, I'd be back there no. playing FIFA on my off night, maybe. I got you. <laughs> and that was, you know, like, there's so many, con- it, there's conflicting stories. Arietta says it did not happen during the game because he himself would have kind of I mean, he was pretty adamant that this is what was going on. Yeah, no. Well, uh, well Santana kind of threw it out there said it was during the game, and then Arietta and Hoskins completely... Well, of course they're going to say that. They have to say that. Yeah, well... Why else would he smash a TV? Because if it's not during a game, it's not a smash TV-worthy Apparently offense. it boiled over, and later on he smashed a fucking TV. Uh, but that's... A, it boiled over from... if you're, No, if they were I mean, playing... If I'm... Well, here's if the, I'm watching some kids play Fortnite, right? Like, Fortnite sucks, whatever. But if they're just doing it in the afternoon, nobody gives a shit. If they're doing late at night, nobody gives a shit. But if they're doing it in the game... If I'm just some older veteran, like, I could see why they'd be pissed. That's why it only makes sense if it was during a game, because that should be the only thing that pissed Smashing Santana off. Smashing a TV with a baseball bat pissed? But then the the only thing that would take yikes. me to that level is during a game. I mean, you know what? If if it was Fortnite. Right? If it's Fortnite, yeah. No, no, no. Think if it's anything. <laughs> and look, I know, whatever. Game fucking blows. But that's not the point. Fortnite. The point is, it made a grown man angry enough to smash a TV. Now, if I just saw these dudes playing, you know, in the afternoon when people are getting treatment, I wouldn't give that. I'd be like, oh, idiots. But I wouldn't smash a fucking TV. No, and I know it, what you're saying. For him to smash a TV, it, ha- it had to be during the game. That's what I'm saying. So that means somebody's lying. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. But no. All I, I know is the dude smashed a fucking TV. Well, your logic is with me. Yes, no, I'm. I mean, logic says that Santana. I'm trying to look at both, both sides of. Like, I am. Because t- I think Arietta is the type. Arietta is the type that would definitely smash a fucking TV. So I feel like if it was during the game, one, he would know it. 
because he's in the clubhouse and in the dugout, in and out if he's not pitching. Man, and he's two, still on the team. He would have fucking. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he would. Santana he was, wouldn't come out. Santana didn't know he was leaving for sure. It, no, I'm sure he had a dude. Idea. He was gone when this when this story came out. Oh yeah, well, no, yeah, no, no, no. But, no. I, no. I, I, I look. I, my opinion. Is I think that Santana's side of the story is probably what happened, and he caught someone playing during the game, and that that made it's him entirely go possible. They've, they've overhauled their entire clubhouse they culture. Have, truly, they have like a whole twelve-person tribal fucking council. They have now yeah. with like Hoskins, Harper, Arietta, uh, you know, like a good mix of the veterans, the young kids, and oh, sure. and now they're just like, if this happens, come to Gabe. It's but like, I think what that demonstrates is that. It really was out of control to the level that people were playing video games during. Yeah, the, the more the more I, the more I think about it, the more yeah. He, it's the only way it makes it ha- sense. It happened during. The it's game. the only way that this whole story makes sense because uh, any well. other time, then Santana's a lunatic. Yeah, and I mean, not, well, he's he's a lunatic. Well, yeah, fair enough. I really as think, funny as it is, I can't condone a grown man taking a baseball bat no, to not a at TV. All. No, you're not being a veteran presence there. You got to sit down and chat with but that means it must have been happening all the time like that's what I'm saying for him I'm to sure get to that point I'm sure it wasn't the first time yeah I think that this had been a problem all year and it really made him mad until they were in the middle of a losing streak and he got back there one too many times and saw these idiots dancing in the fucking locker room in front of the TV in like the seventh inning of a blowout and he fucking lost his shit the best byproduct of this mm-hmm. were all the fucking jokes like Santana finally hit something like, <laughs> Santana finally made solid contact I'm like god damn it Ah, well, Carlos Santana, I liked you when you were here. Yeah. I, I defended you big time. Thanks for the memories. Have fun in Cleveland. But truly, I, I think that what you were saying makes sense, that now we have the Tribal Council. And the team was smart in the offseason that they saw this happened and that they addressed it outside of Harper. And that, you know, I didn't quite realize realize the breadth of the problems this demonstrates a perfect example of that, that you really needed some veterans in there. And you can see it in who they chose for their outfield besides Harper. They exactly. took McCutcheon, yep. a very, very noted clubhouse guy, and always in shape, durable. You know, Smart. they could have went for Michael Brantley. You yeah. know, they, they had the money to do it, and he was considered the better player. They could have went for A.J. Pollock. He's injured all the time. But McCutcheon had that perfect mix of clubhouse guy, durable, plays well. But now hearing this Fortnite story... It makes me understand the immediacy of why they signed McCutcheon and put that glue in place. First thing, but as soon as the offseason started. He was during the winter meetings. But it makes sense now why they looked and said, what's our biggest hole? Baseball aside, it's veteran leadership. We positively need someone there now to, to put an end to all this shit. And they went right to Kutch. Well, well, and now it makes sense. Now that deal makes a whole lot more sense when this Fortnite during the fucking game story comes out. And also, the first thing they did, first matter of business, mm-hmm. get rid of Carlos Santana, get Reese to first base, get J.P. Crawford out of here because I think he's one of the dudes playing Fortnite. Yeah. And okay. get you Gene Segura. Yeah. Oh, no. Unbelievable deal. Now, here's a question that we're going to point this toward the roster. Nick Williams is here, and we both think he's a fantastic player. What's going to happen with Nick Williams? He's in a real shitty spot, and I feel bad for him. Yeah. Because I think he's good enough to play every day, but he mm-hmm. was such a good pinch hitter last year, he kind of bit himself in the ass. Yeah, but he's not going to be happy doing that, even in a good no, team. No, he's not. Guess. I still think he's going to get flipped for some for some type of pitching. You think that's a trade deadline maneuver? No, I think it'll be early season or maybe like in the coming days. Really? I, I, I would think so, because wow, they, can't, okay. they can't keep him on the bench, I don't think. I don't... It doesn't make sense. He, and he, 
He said last season he just stays up late playing a lot of Fortnite when he knows he's not starting. No shit, did he really? Yes, he did. That was a direct quote from Nick Williams. So he could be in the doghouse because he could be the Fortnite gang guy that didn't get moved. I can't believe we have to sit here and And speculate on who the Fortnite gang is. Uh, What a world. It all comes Uh, back together full circle. God damn it. Uh, Yeah, so they overhauled the actual clubhouse culture, which that had to be harder than actually just going out and getting whoever you want. No, and like we said, that was the first thing they did, and now that makes even more sense. And they soured on Machado and went went to Harper. You know what? In context, all of this really makes sense now. Hold on, where's my tinfoil hat? Oh, here it is. I got it. Where's my tinfoil hat? But it makes sense, right? No, it does. This is all logic being placed in a linear fashion where one every point is like, oh, okay, I understand this now. Yeah, as I say to people when I want to be an asshole on Twitter, that, that tracks. Speaking of McCutcheon, yeah. Kapler announced that he will be leading off, and I am fucking ecstatic. I wanted that very badly. Who was that? Was it going to be Cesar? Yes, everybody thought that he was going to stick with that because that was his go-to guy. Yeah. But, you know, when you overhaul a roster this much, you've got other players. And... People looked behind the stats, too. His resurgence with the Yankees started with the Yankees leading him off. And the Giants. His numbers are phenomenal in the leadoff spot. He seems comfortable there. Let him hit there. Well, you hope we have this veteran team that's going to see a lot of pitches, and it starts at the top. And Cut should ideally look at a lot of pitches this year the way that they're built. Yes. And it's just going to be—and you got that pop there, too. He's, he's good for over 20 homers. He's going to hit over 20. It's going to happen. That would be great. If he hits 20, then he did exactly what you needed him to do this year. Like, think about it. You got him who's going to walk. He's going to get lots of walks because that's part of his game. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big part. And then you got Segura who doesn't walk that much, but the dude can put the ball wherever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Say McCutcheon's on first, and then now you got this big gap on the right side. And Segura's going to poke it right through there. And then what's next? It's go time. And then Bryce Harper comes Mm. up with a giant wooden bat and bashes the shit out of the ball. Oh, and if he doesn't do it... You mean his it, penis, right? Yes, yes, I do mean his penis. And then if he doesn't do it, hmm, guess we'll have to leave it up to Reese Hoskins. Oh, he didn't do it either? What if he didn't do it? How about Real Muto? All right. Oh, fine. and then we're going to get to our former one, two, three of our lineup, yeah. Cesar, Odubel, Franco. The Phillies are truly set up for success this season, and it's really going to be exciting to see what happens. Part two of the High and Inside Interview with... Ring of Honor announcer, Ian Riccoboni. Now, uh, let's get a little silly. I mean, you love the Phillies, you love wrestling. Do you have any Phillies that you compare to wrestlers? Like, who was your favorite wrestler of all time? Let, let's take this in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, sure. I got weird favorites. I got weird favorites. Von Hayes is my favorite Philly. No. I think Von, yeah, I think Von Hayes got the <laughs> raw steal of all time. I really do, especially with Philly fans. You know, he... Yeah, it was five for one, but you know what? Julio Franco's best years didn't even come until he was traded from Cleveland. Cleveland. So that wasn't the Phillies' fault. That was Cleveland's fault because they traded him and he he broke out in in 90, I think, or 89. And then he still played for another 20 years. Right. (laughs) So for me, um, you know, I like those guys that are kind of, you know, underappreciated, under the radar, immediately think of Greg Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine, one of the very best, did all the fundamentals, um, you know, cut a good promo. Uh, he could, you know, he could wrestle, you know, wrestling in circles. He took 10 minutes to warm up. <laughs> and uh, he was, yeah, he's just a guy who over the years has become super underappreciated. Um, and I think, you know, history is finally starting to look back 
well on. You know, Don the Rock Morocco. There's another guy. Ooh, the Rock. Just, yeah, just just huge. But he's he could talk. He once ate a meatball sandwich when he was wrestling <laughs> during his match. <laughs> he had a beat a tombstone pile driver while he was eating a meatball sandwich. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and he did it. He's done it. He did interviews with Mean Gene while eating a, a full dozen donuts. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a guy you can appreciate. And then. Uh, you know, I think some of the, the underappreciated luchadors from WCW, like uh, like LaParka, he's now known as L.A. Park. He's having a major career resurgence. Dude, it's the chairman and, of the board. Uh, he is, and he, and he should he should have been for years. He should have been WWE champion. Dude, um, one of my favorite one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time was DDP in the LaParka gear, diamond cutting the Macho Man out of nowhere. Oh, that was a great feud. Oh, that was, was one of my favorite feuds. In Ian Riccoboni, the lead announcer of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, we're going to get one more thing from you before you go. Where do you think the 2019 Philly season is going to go? I, I got a feeling, I got a feeling, a division win. And uh, I don't, I got to be honest though, the, the pitching scares me. Um, I don't know that they have the, I don't know that they have the horses they need to get through to get through the playoffs. Um, I'm hoping maybe a midseason trade changes that. Okay. I'm hoping I'm hoping that somebody might fall into their lap um, midseason. I, I think they'll win the division. Uh, I think the Braves played a little bit above their head last year. I actually think the Mets will be better than advertised. And I think the Nationals will be okay. I think the Nationals will be in the, the mid-80s um, in terms of wins. But I think the, you know, the Marlins, I think, will be the punching bag of the group. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Marlins went, you know, 10 and 152, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. Just inject <laughs> I mean, that right into no, my veins. I was, I was yelling at Tim earlier about how the Braves, like, they got, like, th- a 360 average out of Ryan Flaherty through April and May. So that's not <laughs> happening again. Ozzy Albies was out of his mind for the first half and then complete ass for the second. The Braves, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I, it's going to be interesting to see who finishes ahead of each other between the Mets and Braves, in my opinion. Yeah, it'll be crazy, and, and the Phillies, the Phillies did a lot in the margins too. I mean, obviously the big ticket signing is Bryce Harper, but if you would have told me going into the season that you know we'd get JT JT Romuto and that uh, John Segura would would be on the team, and then also adding Andrew McCutcheon, who okay, you know maybe his very best years are behind him, but I think he's better than anybody than that the Phillies currently have. Absolutely, uh, I would have said that was a pretty successful off season. David Robert, Robertson, um, so. You know, they made additions where they needed to and improved where they needed to. Uh, they immediately improved their defense. Uh, you know, they have Hoskins now at first base again. Um, I think there's going to be a dynamite team. It's going to be a really tough team to get out. Uh, I think they're going to wear down starters. And uh, I think they'll win the division, but it, it'd be really, really tough unless Pavetta has a breakout season and Arietta, uh, you know, improves on what he did last year. It was a little bit of a letdown for Arietta. But if they can get anything out of Arietta and Pavetta, uh, they might have a shot of getting out of the first round, and then we'll roll the dice in the. In the and all bets are off. All, all I care about is yeah. uh, is is watching a team that's contending for the playoffs yep. all the way until the all the way until they, you know it's it's over. Like that's that's all I need. Obviously, you know, last September was absolutely awful, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like we know that there were you know they're they're going to be in it all year, and I can't fucking wait. Absolutely. Well, Ian, we cannot thank you enough for coming on with us. Again, Ian Riccoboni, 
lead announcer of Ring of Honor Professional Wrestling. Ian, when is what's the big plug? When when does our gigantic audience of tens of people get to hear you call at Madison Square Garden? April 6th, Saturday, April 6th, 7.30 p.m. Um, you can watch it on pay-per-view. Uh, I think that's like 40 or 50 bucks, though. Here's, here's how you watch it for cheap. Go on ROHwrestling.com. We have a streaming service. It's like the WWE Network, but for ROH, Nine ninety nine a month. It, it'll get you. It'll get you the big one from Madison Square Garden. Oh, sweet. All the big stars from Ring of Honor and New Japan are there. Um, so yeah, you can just you can just pay for that. And you know what? If you give a shot and you like us, keep the subscription. If you give us a shot and don't like us, you can cancel. Ian, being the longtime Phillies fan that you are, have you ever caught the fanatic in a compromising position where you may have seen, oh, let's say, his junk? Yeah, you know, there's that one time in Allentown at Coca Cola. You know what? Um, yeah, I can't get into this right now. I get, I gotta go. No, uh, come on. My baby's crying. I, oh, my baby's crying. I'm sorry. No, no, no hey. Thanks for having. Thanks for having. Oh uh, no. Me. Um, maybe I can tell you the story about Allentown Town later, but I, I gotta go, guys. Thanks. Return the sender. Return the sender. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. High and inside the hotline. I just want to say, fuck the fucking Boston Celtics, first of all. Amen. Second of all, fucking Bryce Harper just hit two fucking home runs. I want to say, I want to suck the fucking fanatic's dick. Hey. So you gotta say, marry the fanatic, kill Franklin Dog, and fuck Liddy. Ooh. 100%. Fuck Boston. I have the fuck gritty in there is now, what you stuck know, out to me. What he is answering is the age-old question, fuck, Mary kill, gritty, the fanatic, and Franklin Dog. But I gotta ask, yeah. was, was he actually asking a question? I don't think that was clear, but I think we could venture into that world. That, that was a did. statement. Yeah. Let's, analyze, just, let's think, analyze the I statement. I think he's answering, I put out a tweet the other night asking uh, to call in and saying who you would fuck, marry, or kill between the three of them. And I guess somebody actually thought to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which surprises me. I mean, that's but, an yeah. easy one for me if we want to, if we want to bang well, out Yeah, let's quick. see. I want to hear about it. Obviously, what's the kill? Uh, uh, well, altogether. for you, it's gritty. Thank you. Okay, so that's the kill. Um, you know, I'd, I'd fuck Franklin. Okay. And I would marry the fanatic. Oh, really? Make Gotta make your fanatic a housewife? The fanatic is pure and good. And I just want to, I would want to make the fanatic happy for the rest of his life. Oh, that's sweet of you. Cody? Um, see, I'm going to take a little bit different approach. I'm going to kill Franklin. Um, I'm going to marry the fanatic as well. I think the fanatic will be a great partner for life. And Gritty, I'm going to do disgusting things to you, like the disgusting things you've done to Twitter, you social media whore. Now, I'm going to take that in a slightly different direction, where I also am going to murder Franklin Dog. I'm going to choke him with two hands until he can't breathe. I'm down with that. I don't think you're, like, actually supposed to specifically kill them yourself, but okay. No, I'm willing to do the job. <laughs> you're putting it out into the universe. Yeah, I'm just throwing that, this that is out what there. I will murder Franklin Dog if the job is required of me. But beyond that, what I am doing is I am having dirty, dirty sex with the fanatic. Because, I mean, that giant tongue when it flips out who knows where we're putting that wait, bad boy wait this leads to you marrying gritty is that what i happened? think i know oh, where he's know. going though that, that, see you know and it, because if i marry gritty 
I get some of the, I get that rub because the gritty the grit man's popular right now. I'm done. I was All gonna right. say nothing right. could ruin gritty more than being married to Tim. I thought that's where he was going with it. <laughs> he's so not sorry. wrong. No, he, he's certainly not wrong. That's how gritty milkshake ducks himself. That's exactly yes. right. All of a sudden, Marrying Tim. Me and Gritty get married, and people are just like, "Oh no, that guy sucks." Let, yeah. let, let's let, let's move on. fiction <laughs> I, I love you i know who this is and i love you I you know who, who I was this andrew I, bryce clay dude. andrew bryce clay that's all i'll say who that is but uh, wow that's not new... better than myself you know and it did he say it tasted like a celery stalk <laughs> yeah or some kind of minion tie-in but oh, but I, he said green dick and as we know canon to the podcast i do not it's agree. blue right i say it's blue I'd say it's blue. All right, let's, now before we go too far, let's just move on. No, I, I, we have young Cody I'm here, and we so need hard him to talk to about these talk important things. Fanatic dick. Why not? But the fanatic's dick is an important part of Philadelphia and all of our lives. All right, can we just get it out of the way now? Can we just really drill down on the fanatic's dick and just get over it, Cody? Hey, what, what are your thoughts? I told you I'm going to marry the fanatic. That's plenty of time to drill down on the fanatic's dick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go to the next one. I can't do it. Chris, did you really Thanks. just tweet that? I, I did. He he told me. He, he warned me that he called to uh, to give me some shit. And I that makes you. me sad inside. I love you, bud. I love you. And hi, I, hi Danny. And, and the problem is that now because you did this, uh, it's a thing now. <laughs> Welcome to the Dingeries oh, from no. Kingery. What's that going to be like three times a year? <laughs> oh hey, we're going to talk over unders <laughs> later. So all maybe. right then. Yeah, hi, this is Mike from Havertown. Um, never, ever say dingery for kingery again. Do not do that again. Thank you. <laughs> wow. This um. is bullshit! <laughs> this is targeted harassment. Yeah. Maybe you're, no, I, I disagree. I think you painted the You're not target. being bullied here, you piece of shit. Just painted a big old target on my ass, didn't I? A dingery from Carrie? <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? That's a fucking thing now. Enjoy, everybody. And it's your fault, not mine. It's not my fault. I guess this is all my fault. Next in the hotline. Hey, hey, hey. Hand inside. Hey, it's uh, Joe from Kensington again. Um, I still don't know what the fuck Twitter is and why you guys keep telling me to fucking put a Twitter handle into this, but... um. I'd like to retract my previous statement about booing the shit out of Bryce Harper. Um, he sucked ass until like two days ago when he finally <laughs> fucking hit home runs that we're supposed to pay him fucking for. I, I just, I'm still going to boo him, but I'm not going to boo the, the shit out of him, you know? Like, I don't feel that's, yeah. That's not warranted um, though. He's going to leave some shit. Anyway, Mike Trout is a fucking coward. Doesn't want to sign with his hometown team. That's fair. Yeah, I get it. He was a Yankees fan growing up, but 
<laughs> that makes them even fucking worse, and I don't want them anymore. Like, fuck him. The Eagles should give the game balls to, like, I don't know, like, some kid or some shit. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Like, this, that. Anyway, go Phillies. Um, I still don't know who the fuck you two are. Well, that was something. Joe from Kensington. The hotline was a mistake. From day one, it was a mistake. More on the hotline. Yo, this is Jamie. Uh, I'm up in King of Prussia, and listen, I work at the diesel store. I can get you a deal on some diesel jeans. You're always talking about them on the podcast. All right, I'll hang up and listen. (laughs) If diesel jeans becomes a thing of this podcast, like the Fanatics dick has... I am going to absolutely snap. I want to ask, do I get in yeah. on this deal as friend of the podcast, or is this exclusively All YouTube? the free diesel jeans you want, buddy. I mean, oh, diesel jeans are expensive. This is probably the most pay- paid that we've gotten from this since we started, is free diesel jeans. I'll take the diesel jeans. It gives me more money for whiskey. Draw a nice bath. You know how it goes, Chris. You know how it goes. Sure. Chris. <laughs> sure. Cut this out, Tim. I oh, am. Yeah. No, you don't say. It's all garbage. Don't worry. No, it's this is good. No, no. Every, every time I say cut no, this, this out, Tim, good. he uses it. This has been and good. And then cuts no, it. No, it's cuts my own podcast. Him. I've never cut anything out of a podcast before. <laughs> oh, no. I uh, Please, like, take a fucking hammer to these things. Back to the Hine Inside Hotline. Hey, this is Cody from Twitter. My question is for Cody. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I just wanted what? to know... Um, how he feels about labor relations in baseball right now with the CBA going on and how the players can do more to get leverage and create a more free free agency for themselves. Uh, again, big fan of Cody, and I uh, can't wait to hear his answer. Bye. Yeah, I want to thank you, Codran, for that question. That's a really good one. Um, it's kind of a multi-level thing. If you go back into baseball's history... Him? This is definitely going to be one of those things where I start talking and then he cuts to yeah, the different part and I'm talking boop, and a different part... Cook Cody, what what happened to your voice? That, yeah, that's easily the worst phone call that we've ever gotten to the hotline. So, what are your thoughts on the Philly Fanatic? I have no idea what the Philly Fanatics are. No? <laughs> no, never heard of them. Have uh, you ever seen his junk? Playing rounders, that's what we used to fucking do at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, you can, we're up a little bit further than that. As I said, rounders, we, we're not interested in having rounders. <laughs> I say I knock it out the park like I'm Bryce Hop. All I make is hits like I'm Bryce Hop. More than 92 like I'm Bryce Hop. I know what to do, call me Bryce Hop. Waiting for the fish like I'm Babe Ruth. And I get out the park like I'm Bryce Hop. I didn't know his numbers play a money ball. I hit a home run, I do the money wall. I say I knock it out the park like I'm Bryce Hop. All I make is hits like I'm Bryce Hop. More than 92 like I'm Bryce Hop. I know what to do, call me Bryce Hop. Waiting for the fish like I'm Babe Ruth. And I get out the park like I'm Bryce Hop. I didn't know his numbers play a money ball.